political leader in Ezekiel's vision is not a secular figure, but he is also not a priest. He does not stay shut up within the holy. He serves as one who will bridge between the world and the holy, and who will thereby teach Israel how to bring some of the sanctity of the temple into the reality of their own lives. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 175, Prophet, Priest, and Prince. I'm Mayor Soloveitchik. Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anointed Solomon king, and all the people rejoiced and said, God save the king. These, as we have seen, are the words of Handel's coronation theme for British monarchs, recounting the moment when Zadok the high priest, loyal to David's choice of successor, engaged in the sanctification of Solomon, even as others had rallied around another heir. Interestingly, it is Ezekiel who brings together the descendants of Solomon and Zadok once again thereby giving us a better understanding of religious leadership, not only for the end of days, but also rightly understood for our own times. After describing much of the blueprint of the future temple, Ezekiel speaks of those that will minister therein and singles out one line of descendants of Aaron, the Zedekites. As Rabbi Yigal Ariel explains, we find in David's age two different priests, Zadok and Itamar, but only the former is loyal to Solomon. Zadok is himself a descendant of Phinehas, Pinchas, who he met in the book of Numbers, and is promised there by God a berit kuhunat olam, a covenant of eternal priesthood. The descriptions of Ezekiel, as the traditional commentators note, seem to signal an intensification of the sanctity of the Zedekites, so that in certain aspects all of them will be akin to high priests. Their place will be in the holy. Chapter 44, verse 15. But the priests, the Levites, the sons of Zadok, that kept the charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near to me to minister unto me, and they shall stand before me to offer unto me the fat and the blood, saith the Lord God. They shall enter into my sanctuary, and they shall come near to my table to minister unto me, and they shall keep my charge. To minister in the holy, this is their designated role. Yet Ezekiel also emphasizes that from within the sanctuary, the priests will exercise pedagogical influence. Verse 23. And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. And in controversy they shall stand in judgment and they shall judge it according to my judgments. And they shall keep my laws and my statutes and all mine assemblies and they shall hallow my Sabbaths. The priests then, the Kohanim, are religious leaders of Israel. But there is also in Ezekiel's description another leader denoted Nasi, prince. And this, at least according to one prominent rabbinic interpretation, refers to the Davidic king in the eschatological age. He too is a leader, and unlike the priests, the prince or king does not stay within the temple precincts, though he does spend time there. His role, as it seems, is to shuttle back and forth between the sacred and the larger world. Ezekiel returns to his tour of the temple, which is given to him by an ethereal figure. Chapter 44. Then he brought me back the way of the gate of the outward sanctuary which looketh toward the east, and it was shut. Then said the Lord unto me, This gate shall be shut, it shall not be opened, and no man shall enter in by it, because the Lord, the God of Israel, hath entered in by it. Therefore it shall be shut. It is for the prince. The prince, he shall sit in it to eat bread before the Lord, he shall enter by way of the porch of that gate, and shall go out by way of the same. Then he brought me the way of the north gate before the house, and I looked, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord, and I fell upon my face. A house of God suffused with the divine presence. This is the temple the constant place of the priests. But the political leader, the nasi, the prince, the king, 
comes and goes from it. Thus we have a stark differentiation in the place and role of the Kohen and the Nasi, or if you will, priest and king. There are roles for both in the Israel visualized by Ezekiel, but the roles are separate. The irony is that the first time Jews claim the kingship in the Second Temple period will be through the Hasmonean dynasty, more popularly known as the Maccabees. And there, the high priesthood and kingship will be united. Two archetypes of leadership merged into one. For the great medieval thinker Nachmanides, this was a severe sin and led to the dynasty's downfall. Because the kingship, as he argues, is designated not for the tribe of Levi, the Levites, but rather for that of Judah and for the house of David. And Nachmanides adds, citing the Talmud, there is a particular prohibition for a priest, a Kohen, to become a king. Why must the ruler and the priest be two distinct figures? We might be tempted to distinguish between entirely religious and purely political roles, but this would not be accurate. It is true, of course, that the priests in the temple are ideally intended to serve as religious authorities par excellence. And this is emphasized not only by Ezekiel, but also by Moses. And yet, in the Bible, kingship, especially Davidic kingship, clearly has a spiritual component as well. The anointing of monarchs in the Bible, such as that of Saul and David, is immediately followed by verses such as, Ruach Hashem, The Spirit of God rested on him. The king, unlike other figures in Israel, is obligated not only to write a Torah scroll, but also to carry it with him amongst the people of Israel. Moreover, as Rabbi Moshe Lichtenstein has noted in a series of lectures on Jewish political thought, Judaism, quote, mandates a public assembly of the entire nation at which the king reads portions of the Torah to the people in order to instill in them knowledge of the Torah, end quote. Thus, not only a Kohen, but also a king is meant to serve as a spiritual leader, a Torah leader. It is Ezekiel's emphases that allow us to further understand the contrast between king and Kohen. The Kohen for Ezekiel is meant ideally to remain in the temple representing the Jewish people before God. And this limits the time that he could spend outside with the Jewish people on whose behalf he ministers in the first place. Regarding the high priest, Maimonides in his code informs us that the high priest should have his own residence in the temple complex. His glory lies in him always dwelling in the temple sphere. And he only leaves to go home. And Maimonides adds, The high priest's home must be in Jerusalem which he can never leave. The king, however, the king writes a Torah scroll of his own, which he takes with him throughout the land of Israel. And Maimonides adds, when the king first writes this scroll, he brings it to the temple and checks its accuracy by consulting the version of the Torah that is kept and safeguarded by the priests. Thus, the political and spiritual symbolism is profound. The king's principles, his Torah, is formed by and always guided by the priests that dwell amidst the holy. But then it is the king's duty, his unique task, not to stay in the holy, but to go throughout the people and illustrate by example how Judaism's ideals are instantiated in the larger world. This the king is called to do in dedication to and in identification with those he is called to lead. As Rabbi Soloveitchik writes, Malchut, or kingship, is approached differently by Judaism than by much of the ancient world. Quote, Malchut in general historical terms precipitates the separation of the king from his people, his existential exclusiveness. However, in Judaism, 
Malchut means integration of the individual in the community and existential all-inclusiveness and openness. The king opens himself up to everyone and embraces the entire nation without excluding anybody, end quote. Thus, a remarkable approach to political leadership is revealed. It was William Tecumseh Sherman who said of Lincoln, Of all the men I ever met, he seemed to possess more of the elements of greatness combined with goodness than any other. For the Bible, the ideal political leader combines, in a religious, Judaic way, goodness and greatness. And that is how the leader can be the bridge between the temple and the people, between the Torah and the people. Thus, Ezekiel visualizes an age where the Nasi, the political leader, the king, enters the temple on a regular basis to bring offerings on behalf of the people. Chapter 46. Thus saith the Lord God, The gate of the inner court that looketh toward the east shall be shut the six working days, but on the Sabbath it shall be open, and in the days of the new moon it shall be open. And the prince shall enter by the way of the porch of that gate without, and shall stand by the post of the gate, and the priest shall prepare his burnt offering and his peace offerings, and he shall worship at the threshold of the gate. Then he shall go forth, but the gate shall not be shut until the evening. The prince here has a special gate in the temple to come and go on behalf of the people. And the symbolism is that the prince is himself a gate between the temple and the people. The political leader in Ezekiel's vision is not a secular figure, but he is also not a priest. He does not stay shut up within the holy. He serves as one who will bridge between the world and the holy and who will thereby teach Israel how to bring some of the sanctity of the temple into the reality of their own lives. In the first temple period, The house of David, with very significant exceptions, failed to serve as the political leaders that they were called to be. In the second temple, the Kohanim, the priests, seized political leadership and failed to become the Kohanim, the priests that they were called to be. The vision of Ezekiel is of an age where both versions of leadership achieve their respective intended excellence. And in truth, even outside the literal realms of priest and prince, there is a teaching here for our own time. Some of the greatest religious figures in Jewish history spent some years of their lives ensconced, not unlike the biblical priests, in the holy, meaning in these leaders' dedication to study, to religious and intellectual growth. But then, like Ezekiel's prophecy of the prince, these Jewish leaders bridged the Torah that they had learned and the people they led. They brought Judaism to their flock, serving as a gateway between Jewish ideas and the world. My teacher, Rabbi Norman Lamb, once spoke at an ordination ceremony for rabbis. Rabbis who, after spending years in the Beit Midrash, the sanctuary that serves as a study hall, were now venturing out into the world. Rabbi Lamb spoke of his rabbinic ideal as one where, quote, the emphasis is not only oneself, but on others, on the world. This kind of devout person, he said, is deeply concerned about the welfare of others, both spiritual and material. He is seized by a kind of spiritual altruism as he feels himself bound by a common creatureliness to all Jews, to all humans, end quote. And Rabbi Lamb added, the most elementary level of leadership requires that you step out of the four cubits of the Beit Midrash and venture in the Rashut Harabim, the public arena, that you turn your face and your concern from the exclusive preoccupation with the inside to the outside. To be genuine and effective Torah leaders of our people, you must be ready for the wrenching experience of emerging from the warm and nurturing milieu of the yeshiva and into the tumultuous, frustrating, often false and defiant public arena, end quote. And Rabbi Lam further stated that, of course, 
these rabbis venturing out to the world must remain emotionally connected to the study hall where they were formed. But, he explained, his message is that, quote, to a large extent you must turn outward, that you venture out of yourself to face the rest of the world. But face it you must, and do so with gusto, with brio, with zeal and enthusiasm, and a bright and lustrous love for Torah and Israel. End quote. In the end, Rabbi Lamb's words about the rabbinate remain true for how we prepare leaders in our community in general. Judaism needs its educational sanctuaries, where the wisdom of the ages is imbibed. But those sanctuaries must seek therein to encourage and inspire its students to bridge Torah and the world, much as the Prince of Ezekiel entered and left the special gate between the temple and the world. It is leadership of this sort that can truly guide and sustain Judaism until the aforeseen eschatological age of the prophets is upon us. This is Mayor Soloveitchik. Looking forward to learning together tomorrow. Signing off.